Hi, my name is Mark Rodriguez. I'm the pastor of Love Unlimited Church, and we have a great service prepared for you. But before we jump into the service, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and like the video and share the video right now with a few friends so that they can have an encounter with God. If you're watching it on Facebook, I'm going to ask you to tag two friends and start a watch party. This is the best way so that you can interact with your friends and followers on social media and encourage them to make decisions that will draw them closer to God. Also, I'm going to ask you to wait until the end of the message because our band has a great song prepared for you. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great summer. I know we just almost had a hurricane a couple days ago. Uh, the pandemic is still upon us, but I believe in Jesus' name that we can still enjoy our families, enjoy our loved ones safely, but don't stop living your life. Don't live in fear. You see, one of the things that I love about being a dad is the lessons that we learn as we're raising our kids. I remember my daughter, Stella, um, she was probably about three or four years old. And thankfully, we have some great Cuban grandmas that are helping us raise our kids. And one thing that comes along with Cuban grandmothers is great cooking, right? Rice, beans, nice, delicious, savory meats. Um, but for parents like Leilani and I that are kind of always on the go, it gets a little complicated when your babies are kind of raised on this food because you want to grab your stuff and you want to go on vacation sometimes or you just want to go do stuff and you can't always have your Itachi and your olla de presión and you're walking around with all the, the tools that you need to make these meals, these healthy meals that our kids have been growing up eating. And so I remember when we were trying to get our daughter Stella to start learning how to eat different foods. And by different foods, I mean stuff you could probably throw in the microwave or cook really quickly in a hotel room or on vacation somewhere. And it was a night in our home and I start cooking pasta, right? I'm boiling some pasta. You know, we had some um, elbow noodles in the cupboard and I take it out, I throw it in the water and Leilani's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, I'm making Stella some mac and cheese. She's like, she's not gonna eat that. She's really picky. And I'm like, leave it to me. All right, I'm going to make some homemade mac and cheese. Mind you, I had never made homemade mac and cheese, but I've watched enough Food Channel to know how to make certain things, right? And so in my head, I'm wondering, you know, what would Bobby Flay think and stuff like that. So I'm boiling this and then I'm like, I get a, a pan and I throw a bunch of butter in there and I start melting the butter. And as soon as the pasta is done cooking, I, I throw the pasta in this pan with butter and then I just start opening Velveeta slices of cheese and throwing that on there. And then I open the fridge and there's some like shredded mozzarella and I'm throwing that on there and Leilani's looking at me saying there's no way she's going to eat this thing. I'm like leave it to me. And so I mix it in the bowl. Stella's having a great time watching me make this mess in the kitchen and I'm like you're going to love it. This is the best thing that you've ever had. And she's like I don't like that. I don't like that. Have your kids ever said that? I don't like that. I don't like that. And, and so I make this thing and Leilani's telling me it's not going to happen. You know, she doesn't like it. And Stella's saying, I don't want it. And I, I put it in front of her and I give her a kiss on her head. And I whisper something to her. No one can hear what I'm whispering to her. And then all of a sudden, Stella's like fear of trying food that's not arroz con frijole and, you know, carnecita ripiada, like little shredded meat. Um, uh, she starts eating this thing and she starts saying, oh my gosh, I love this. It's so delicious. And, and I just look at Leilani and I'm like, babe, uh, I'm the best cook uh, that she's ever had, right? And, and she's like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And I'm like, do you remember 
when I kissed her on the head. She was like, yeah. She goes, after I kissed her on the head, remember I left my head kind of close to her, and I said, if you eat this, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. <laughs> and Stella's wanted those 20 bucks. She probably didn't even understand what 20 bucks was, but she knew it was money, and she said yes, and she didn't allow her fear of trying new food to rob her of this experience. And you know what? Mac and cheese, it's Stella's food of choice now, her favorite thing. See, see, all of us have fears. All of us have things that we would never do, that we would never try. I don't like fish. I don't like shellfish. I don't like whatever. We'd never eat that. We'd never take this risk. You know that the Christian life is characterized by taking risks because knowing and living with God in control enables us to take personal and spiritual chances. See, society has tried to eliminate risk as part of our everyday life. See, today we indoctrinate our kids to be safe. Don't do that. Many of us here in South Florida, we grew up with abuelas telling us constantly, pero muchacho, te vas a sacar un ojo, o vas a cruzar la calle y te va a matar un carro. Some of you are probably wondering, well, what's he saying? Um, a lot of us have grown up with our grandmas telling us, don't play with that, you're gonna poke your eye out, or, or don't cross the street because a car is gonna kill you. We live in a society that makes every attempt possible to reduce risk at every turn. Much of these modern safety measures that we have all around us, they've made our lives and the world a better place to live, but it has also created a mentality that has made us risk things and avoid things. Let me ask you a question. Where would we be in life if we didn't take any chances? Where would we be in life without risk? Would we drive our cars? Would we fly in a plane? Would we start a business? Would we lead a small group in our church? Would we help the poor? Would we share our faith? Would we start new ministry? Would we follow Christ? You know that risk is a part of everyday life. That is in fact something that is encouraged in the Bible. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, the wise Solomon encourages us to take risks and challenges. And he challenges us to do these three things, these three steps of taking risks. The first one, you're going to recognize it. It's just do it. Nike didn't come up with that. Solomon came up with that, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Ecclesiastes 11 says this, cast your bread upon the water, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. In another translation, it says, send your grains overseas, for after many days you will get a return. Divide your merchandise among seven or even eight investments, for you do not know what calamity may happen on the earth. What does this verse mean? It means take risks and you will receive a return. And many times we don't want to take risks because we are scared. You know that we don't have to be scared. The Bible is full of promises that tell us that with God, we can do all things. First Chronicles 28, 20 says, be strong and courageous and do it. Wayne Gretzky, all right? Famous hockey player said this, you will miss 100% of the shots you never take. You see, in this first verse, what what's, it's referring to, you're probably thinking like, you know, cast your, 
your grain upon the sea. Like, what does this mean? It's referring to maritime trade, all right? In Kings chapter 10, we learn that Solomon had a lot of seagoing ships, all right? And every three years, all right, three years, he sent them out with Hiram ships to bring back gold and silver and ivory, all right, as well as apes and monkeys and peacocks. And he would fill these ships with grain and by faith, send them over sea for years, casting his bread upon the waters. So there's personal risk involved, right? You know, those investments, those actions that you take, those activities that you do for personal gain. Here, it's also referring to serving people. Jesus taught us that it's better to give than to receive. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Here, God is encouraging us to take risks, whether they're for personal endeavor or more importantly, in our actions towards others. Many times we don't do things to serve and to give to other people because we are concerned what is in it for me. Is there any profit for me to make from helping this person? And Jesus is saying, hey, take a risk. Serve them. Give to them. It is better to give than to receive. See, the outcome according to this verse is one that through this willingness to take risk, we will see a return on the investment we've made. But we'll see it. Sometimes not here on earth. We're going to see it. In heaven, we also need to make smart decisions to reduce the negative effects of risk. That's what Solomon is telling us here in verse 2. He tells us, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't serve people blindly. But when you do, give generously. Christ calls us to serve and give our lives for the sake of others. We are to sacrifice and to take great chances and risk for the cause of Christ. A few years ago, I was asked if I would marry a couple. All right, a, a couple I didn't know, a couple that didn't go to church. I, it was actually the sister of someone that worked with my wife, one of my wife's co-workers. I, I met this uh, girl at a company party, and I asked my wife, are, are, are they Christian? I, I know who she is. I remember who she is, but, but are the people that want to get married, are they Christian? And Leilani tells me, um, I'm not sure. And, and I go, do they go to church anywhere? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, do you know when the wedding is? She's like, no. I'm like, well, what do you know? And she says, only that they wanted to know if you would marry them. And I told her, I'm not sure if I'll marry them, but I'd love to meet with them. So she talks to her friend at work and says, hey, Mark says to tell your sister that he's not sure if you'll marry them, but he'd love to meet with them. All right. And so they get back to me. I get back to them. We're trying to find a time that they would meet. And uh, they want to meet with me at 5 p.m. on a Friday. All right. After a long week of work and I only have like one day between Sunday, which is the beginning of my workday. So usually at five o'clock, I try to be done with work so that I can spend time with Leilani and the kids and we can go on a date night or something like that. But that's the only time they had available. And I said, OK, that, that's fine. And they come to my house and they were kind of weirded out when they arrived. There's this guy that doesn't want to marry us, but wants to meet with us. And my wife and I sat with them in our living room like we've done with many, many couples. And we began to talk and Leilani and I shared our story and, and we gave them some marriage advice and we talked to them about Jesus and we prayed for them and we cried with them. We took a risk with this couple. At the end, after praying with them, I said, you know what? 
I'll marry you if you pray this prayer to give your lives to Jesus. All right, at the time, I, I didn't know if it was an earnest prayer. I didn't know if they just wanted me to marry them because, you know, I'm kind of cheap. I, I don't charge anything when I marry people. And so sometimes I think that that's why people want me to marry them. Um, but you know what? I took a risk in Jesus' name and they, I had the opportunity to sit someone in my couch and tell them my story and talk to them about the love of God and pray with them. And you know what? About six months after I married them, we started Love Unlimited. And guess what? They started attending the church. A few months later, they, they had a baby. And guess what? I had the privilege of dedicating their baby to Jesus. I took a risk. And even though at the church that I was at the time, I was discouraged from marrying people that didn't fall into a series of strict guidelines and regulations, Jesus told me in my heart, cast your bread upon the waters. You know what? Risk is biblical. In Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30, Jesus tells a parable about a businessman that entrusts his money to three servants. The servants that risked the money gained a greater return than were praised, but the one that did nothing was rebuked. See, sometimes we think that being a Christian is safe, and in Christ it is safe, but the Christian life is meant to be an adventure full of challenges, full of risks. But for some of us, the last real risk that we took in our lives was that initial decision to follow Christ. And even in that, many of us played it safe. So we need to just do it. The second thing that I want to challenge you to do today is to live in reality. All right. Verse uh, three of Ecclesiastes 11 says, if the clouds are full of rain, they will empty themselves on earth. And whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, the tree will lie wherever it falls. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who observes the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind or how the bones form in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. God knows all things and everything that takes place through the universe is because God has made it so. He has determined what will happen and when it will happen. It doesn't matter if it is an act of nature or what you choose to eat for breakfast. God has determined the outcome. Absolute certainty in life will never come. All right? And I know that a lot of us, we yearn for that. I yearn for that. It is a constant struggle to try to be safe, but it goes against the very core of what it means to be a follower of Christ. You see, a farmer who waits for the perfect condition will never plant. A farmer who waits for the assurance of clear skies will never harvest. Waiting for everything to be just right is a pipe dream. It doesn't exist. Farmers know this better than almost anyone, but this applies to us as well. Single men, and women waiting to get married until everything is perfect will remain single. Married couples who want to get themselves established before they can have children rarely get it all worked out. Christians who wait to get involved in ministry until all their problems are solved, until everything is perfect, until, I love this, I'm waiting to hear from God. Really? You're waiting for God to show up in your bedroom? What do you mean when you say, I'm waiting to hear 
from God. You know that it is written in scripture that we are to serve, that we are to love, that we are to offer our lives all right, to God as a living sacrifice. God is speaking to you through the words that are written in the Bible. All right. God's ways cannot always be predicted or understood, and we need to walk and live lives by faith. The wind is unpredictable, as is the Spirit of God. The forming of a human being in the womb is a mystery. You know, I remember when I saw my kids ultrasound for the very first time. For me, it was the craziest thing, right, I had ever seen. It's all mystery. Some would see this reality as a horrible, negative thing in their life. It's all a mystery. Oh my gosh, this is so freaky, uncertain. I have anxiety just thinking that everything is a mystery. You know what? I'm sure some of you are thinking, how can I go on living if there's no certainty? You know, I don't look at it that way. I see it as one of the most beautiful things in life because where there is uncertainty, that fear of the unknown that paralyzes us sometimes, that right there is the perfect opportunity for the miracle to happen. You see, if we have it all figured out and we could do all things out of our own power and strength and intelligence and merit, then let me tell you something. You don't need God. If you wait until you have everything in order to make a decision to do things, then you have become your God. You do not need God in your life. Just do it. Live in reality. And the third thing, don't give up. Verse 6 says, sow your seed in the morning and do not stop working until the evening for you do not know which activity will succeed, whether this one or that one or whether both will prosper equally. Work hard and do not give up or walk away. Let me tell you something. Every day is an opportunity to make a difference in our lives and the lives of others. So be persistent, take risks and follow through. Sow seeds, scatter seeds. What are, what are these seeds that I'm talking about? You're right. Well, what are the seeds? What's he talking about? The seeds that I'm talking about are the activities that you do, the tasks that you may have, the investments that you may make in business, in life, in people, in your children, in your wife, in your husband, in your future. You know that you can make investments today, those of you that are single, that are watching this, investments in the life of your future husband, in the life of your future spouse, as a single person, even if you don't know who that person is. And how do you do that? By drawing closer to God. How do you do that? By bettering yourselves. You know, everyone is looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. And I think we need to stop that mentality and try to figure out, how can I, how can I become Mr. Right? How can I become Mrs. Right? And I want to challenge you single people today to do that. Start investing in your future husband and your future wife by the decisions that you make today. How would you feel if your husband saw that TikTok that you just posted, your future husband? How would you feel if your future wife would be in that room that you're in when you're doing that thing that you know you shouldn't be doing? That would freak you out, right? So invest in your future husband and spouse. Invest in your future children by the decisions that you make today, by the risks that you take in Jesus' name today. Not the risk, the dumb risks that sometimes people take in life, but by the risk that we take in Jesus' name. Another way that you sow seed is in ministry. 
by serving, by giving, by, by giving offerings and tithes and saying, you know what? God has given me all this stuff and, and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to take a risk in ministry and support ministry so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can reach the uttermost parts of the world. You know what? Certain parts of life are always going to be out of your control in this mystery that we live in, this life of faith that we live. It is resilient to God for you to take risk. Let me tell you something else, that laziness is not the recipe for success. See, some people say, oh, I just wanna be safe. No, you just wanna be lazy. If there's one thing that I do not have patience for in my life is laziness. You see, sometimes when I get home and, and I see my kids just kinda lying around playing on their tablets or playing video games or they're watching TV and I see a mess in the house or in their rooms and their rooms are upside down, I tell them, Sakawa TikTok, all right? Turn off your tablets or whatever else that you're doing, whatever device that you're on, mommy and poppy need your help. Let's pick up the house and later we'll watch TV as a family. Later we'll go in the pool. Later we'll hang out, but there is work to be done today. I refuse to raise lazy humans. My kids, you know what? They're gonna rule the world. They will be the leaders of tomorrow. They will serve God with excellence and excel in whatever area God calls them to live. Oh, but, but they're just kids you're thinking. I know. And I have been commanded by God to raise up a child in the way that he must go. Not raise up a child to do whatever they want, but raise up a child in the way he must go. See, most lazy adults are the product of a home where there were no responsibilities. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for humans. So we need to be diligent, all right? And when we're diligent, we're going to see results. Some of our efforts may produce great results. Some of our efforts may give little results, but all of your efforts will see great outcomes. See, the lesson here is that diligence pays off. It produces a great result, especially when we trust God and we take risks in his name that will further his purpose in our life and will further his kingdom, all right? But sometimes we're gonna try things, we're gonna take risks, and it's gonna seem like we failed. It's not going to work out. And I wanna encourage you not to give up. You know why? Because failure provides a lesson, not defeat. I love the way that Thomas Edison viewed failure. He said this, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Man, that, that's a tough one. Many of the failures in life are people who didn't realize that, hey, this next decision that you were about to make, these next 10 minutes or 10 days, you would have had success, but you gave up before you got there. Don't give up. Another thing that Thomas Edison said, and this is a guy that tried and tried to get, this is a guy that got kicked out of school and they said that he was dumb, that there was no way that he could learn. And his mom brought him home and she started training him. And Thomas Edison said that he owed all his success to his mother because of the love that she poured into him, the encouragement that she gave to him and said, don't listen to your teachers. Don't listen to what people say. You are a success. You will be a success. You will be someone great in this world. And he said, because of that, he knew he couldn't fail. And he said this, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Hey guys, I hope that this encouraged you to hear these things about Thomas Edison and all these verses because laziness, 
is not going to be rewarded. It's only when we carry through that we have the possibility for success. God can take any amount that you give him, but he also desires to work through people who are wholly committed to the end. And I want to break that down for you. It's like God wants what you're going to give him. And, and, and maybe for some of you, it's, it's like Sunday mornings and that's it. And he'll take that. But he loves to work through people who are completely committed to him until the end. He asked that of Jesus and he asked that of us today. We should never have to face the question, I wonder what would happen if I would have tried harder. God wants you to know that he is in control of all things, that we will never know for certainty everything that's going to happen in life. There's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be dangers in life, but life would hardly be worth living if we never stepped out. God calls us to work hard and never give up because it is through perseverance that we will reap the rewards. Following God is all about being a risk taker. Without the willingness to take risks, Moses would have never gone back to Egypt. Elijah would have never faced the prophets of Baal. Esther would have never appeared before the king for the lives of her people. Daniel would never have prayed three times a day and risked his life. David would have never stood before Goliath. And Peter would have never stepped out of that boat and walked on water. Ask yourself right now, what is keeping you from taking that risk? I'll tell you. It's the number one thing. It's fear. God wants you to be in control of your fear. Psalm 34, 4 says this, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. God says you can break free from your fears. You just need to pray and ask me for help. Fear is going to sabotage success in your life. Fear sabotages our success. There's only three things that have the power to drive out fear in your life. You're probably thinking, but Mark, I'm a fearful person. I'm scared of taking that step of faith. I'm scared of giving my life 100% for God. I'm scared of going into ministry. I'm scared of asking this woman to marry me. I'm scared of asking for that promotion or starting that business or moving to that place that God is calling me to move to. I am scared right now in the midst of a pandemic. I am locked up in my house and I will not leave my house because I have fear. Let me tell you, we have to be wise. We have to protect ourselves. I'm not saying go out there and like coronavirus isn't real. It is real. To quote Cardi B, coronavirus, it's real, right? But also, let me tell you something. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Be wise. Protect yourself. Do everything that your local authorities are telling you to do to protect yourself. But I also want you to know that God wants to use you and he can use you in this season of fear to be a light in the world. The world is in darkness. And let me tell you something. That is the perfect place for the light to shine in darkness. And so we're living in dark times. But in Jesus' name, you and I, the light is in us. We are a reflection of our Savior, our resurrected King, all right? And so don't be afraid and shine your light in Jesus' name. You want to drive out fear in your life? You need truth. John 8, 32 says this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The second thing that you need to do and live in and be known for is for love. 
1 John 4, 18 says this, love contains no fear. Indeed, fully developed love expels every particle of fear for fear always contains some of the torture of feeling guilty. All right, we need to know the truth and we need to know love. And the third antidote to fear is this, it's faith. Ephesians 6, 16 says, above all, be sure to take faith as your shield for it can quench every burning missile the enemy hurls at you. Satan loves to suggest fearful thoughts, all right? Have you found that to be true in your life? But let me tell you, if you are a Christian, the only thing that Satan can do to you is suggest. Suggest fearful things. Oh my gosh, don't do that. Oh, I wouldn't make that decision if I were you. I wouldn't talk to her. I wouldn't take that risk. Satan loves to offer suggestions to Christians, but let me tell you something that in Jesus' name, you can tell him to leave you alone and rebuke those thoughts from your mind and begin to live a life surrounded by the power of God, a life that is personified by love, a life that is personified by faith, a life that is personified by the power of our resurrected King. See, many of us struggle with this, and I know that you struggle with this. You struggle with these fearful thoughts that the enemy puts in your mind, but I want you to know this. Jesus died on the cross for you because you were worth the risk. The Bible says, take faith as your shield. Faith is more than just believing. Faith is taking action. Having faith means taking a risk in Jesus' name. It's moving ahead in spite of your fear. Faith is facing your fear. Faith is doing that thing you fear the most. Faith is doing that thing you fear the most in spite of how you feel. In spite of what reports you are getting. In spite of what people are saying, you proceed in Jesus' name. Faith doesn't always remove fearful feelings, but it gives you the strength to move ahead in spite of those feelings. When the children of Israel are ahead, and I'm going to end with this, and, and this is an incredible picture for me in my heart that I need to remind myself. When the children of Israel came up to the Jordan River, God said, I'm going to part the Jordan River just like I did the Red Sea. And we all know the story of God parting the Red Sea. But this time, I'm not just going to part it and then you walk through it. I'm, I'm going to part the Jordan River. But the first thing you need to do is you need to step into the river. You need to step into the water. You have to take a risk. And I could just imagine the children of Israel as they started walking into the Jordan River and, and the water's going up to their ankles and, and, and now it's, it's up to their waist and now the water's up to their shoulders and they're, they're thinking like, yo, this isn't the way that it happened back in the Red Sea. I remember seeing that those walls of water next to me when, when Moses held out his staff. They're probably wondering how much farther do we have to go? See, it was a test of faith. How much were they willing to risk? How far were they willing to go? And then the water started to recede and they crossed the Jordan River again. See, you act as if you can't fail and you trust God. That is what it means to have faith. It means you move ahead in spite of your fears. Doing that thing you fear the most, 
taking that risk. Psalm 56 says this, when I'm afraid, I will put my confidence in God. Yes, I will trust the promises of God. There is a promise in the Bible for every basic fear. When you know what God has promised you, your fears are going to vanish. God says that the answer to our fear is a person, not a formula, not a self-help book, not a podcast or a blog. The answer to our fears is a person. And when you think about it, these three spiritual antidotes, truth, love, and faith, that is what Jesus is. He is the antidote to fear. Jesus said this, I am the truth. The Bible said that God is love. The Bible says that he is our faith. See, when you get Jesus, you get the antidote to fear. I'm sure that there's some of you that are watching this and, and hearing this, and you're probably wondering, like, why am I even watching this? I wasn't even planning on watching this. I wasn't planning on hearing this message. Let me tell you something. You don't know how you ended up watching this or hearing this podcast, but I want you to know that God brought you here for one reason, so that he can say to you, hey, you were worth the risk. And let me close with this. You've never truly believed in God until you've attempted something that cannot be accomplished by the power of your flesh. You never truly believe in God until you decide to do something that is completely impossible if God was not in it. And so today I'm going to ask you to take a risk. I'm going to ask you to take that step that God's been asking you to take. Now you know what the tools are. For some of you, that risk is rededicating your life to God, like giving yourself 100% to Jesus. You're a Christian. You've given your life to God. You're, you're saved but there's still areas of your life that you're not trusting the Lord with 100% because it's scary to let go, to give that control up. Well, I want to challenge you today to do that. For some of you, it's just giving your life to God 100% for the very first time. And you're thinking, how do I do that? It's real easy. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And as I lead you in this prayer, I want you to mean it from the bottom of your heart and say, God, I want to begin walking with you. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made. And so close your eyes. I want everyone watching this video, wherever you are, if you're with family, with friends, all by yourself, just close your eyes and repeat this prayer out loud with me. Dear God, I come to you today and I say I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made, for the sins that I've committed. I give you my life. I give you everything that I am. Forgive me. Be my God. Be my savior. I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, have you prayed that prayer today? I wanna help you take some steps that are gonna draw you closer to God. And all you need to do to receive some resources that I wanna send you is send me a text at 786-541-1020 with the word amen. And hey, maybe you're watching this message and you're like, I want to support the ministry of Love Unlimited. I want to help Love Unlimited continue to help the poor and the hungry in Miami. I want to help strengthen their online ministry. I want to also help them prepare to relaunch the church when the time is right. And you can do that today by making a tax-deductible donation by going to loveunlimited.com forward slash give, just like it's up here on the screen. Go to loveunlimited.com forward slash give and make your donation of any size. Also, you can give using Cash App by using the dollar sign and the word Love Unlimited. We're doing some great things in the city every single week. We're feeding over 700 families and God is moving and people are coming to Jesus every week 
by watching these messages. And so if you have been supporting our ministry, thank you so much. We couldn't do any of this without your support. And now I want to invite you to worship with the Love Unlimited Band.
not enough unless you come will you meet me here again cause all I want is all you Wow, what a great song. I hope you enjoyed this song the way that I did. And now I'm going to ask you to do a few things. I want to ask you to like this video. I'm going to ask you to share it with some friends. Post it on your Facebook page. Also, leave some comments. All right, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we can't wait to worship with you next time.